الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان الله لا يحب الظالمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اتق دعوه المظلوم فانه ليس بينه وبين الله حجاب او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم علماء الكرام برادرز اند لز ريسنتلي ون ارتيكل ذات اي هاد كم اكروس ويتش واز فيري فيري practical very pertinent to our day to day life all the aspects are pertinent but something that directly relates to everyone every day and therefore the thought was that we should discuss this these are lessons that have been discussed before but these are such lessons that need to be revised on a regular basis almost daily so that they stay alive in us and by the constant revision hopefully we will start making amal on them completely these are lessons that were given by hazrat maulana abul hasan ali nadwi rahmatullah alay very great scholar for recent past past a few years back he was a person who was acknowledged in the indian subcontinent he was acknowledged in the arab lands he was a person when he passed away in india they even performed his janaza salah as per the hambali mazhab shafi mazhab it is permissible to perform the salatul janaza in absence of someone so they performed his salatul janaza in the haram sharif as well so just to understand that this was the caliber of the person and he was a historian of great note he has compiled many books which deal with history in detail islamic history in india and pre islamic uh, and and after nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's advent all the various eras that have passed the people that have come the great personalities what work they have done in all the centuries in six volumes one particular book so in any case this is a person of a very high caliber towards the latter part of his life one day he gathered his entire family all his children and grandchildren and the rest of the immediate family everybody he gathered them and then he said to them that you are well aware that i have undertaken a very in-depth study of history so i have done the study of history so this whole thing is in front of me over the centuries i have studied great families that have come and gone great personalities it says in this entire study of history that i have done the conclusion that i have come to is that there were three things in particular which became the means of the downfall of many great families where in time there was no sign left of that greatness the family continued people continued but that position and status that that family held as a distinguished group 
distinguished family, that all fizzled out completely. So what was the reason that this happened? So he says there were three things that came in their lives and I am giving you the lesson based on these three things. And he was giving this as a lesson to his family because his family, he was appealing to their sense of understanding <coughs> that they had very great predecessors also. He was being humble in his own right, but he was indicating towards his own predecessors, his parents and his grandparents, all were giants of their time. So he's saying to them actually, that if you hold on to these three lessons that I'm going to give you, the pitfalls that others fell into, then you'll be saved from that. So obviously somebody who in this light after having studied in depth centuries of history and great families, families of great personalities and now in the light of that expert knowledge he is saying something. So he obviously knows what he's talking about. He is not somebody just taking something out of his pocket. So any case the three lessons that he gave them, we will briefly discuss the three lessons first and then go into some detail. Inshallah, whatever we can cover today and then in the future, Inshallah. The three lessons he gave them and all these three lessons are from the Quran and Sunnah. Nothing new. But the added motivation that he gave them was that this is in the light of history that I am seeing this is the end result. That those who held on to these lessons that I am going to give you, they flourished. Those who abandoned it did the opposite. They fell into these pitfalls. They vanished. So what were these lessons? The first lesson he gave <coughs> said whatever happens you rather be the oppressed one don't ever become the oppressor. Whatever happens rather be the oppressed one. Never ever become the oppressor. Don't be the zalim. And this is something which is very clear cut. The Quran Sharif they are the zalim. And this is something which is very clear cut. The Quran Sharif, the ayat upon ayat regarding the aspect of zulm. How severe it is. A hadith upon a hadith pertaining to the evil of zulm. And then the opposite of zulm is adl, justice. How important justice is. In the Quran Sharif, in the ahadith, this is in detail. So, this is something which is in the Quran Sharif, which is in the ahadith. So anything that is taught to us in deen, somebody who will hold on to it, they'll benefit. Somebody who will abandon it, they'll suffer the consequences. So he's saying there's history proving it also. That centuries of history is proving it. Those who fell into zulm, they vanished. On a state level, a government can even continue with kufr. Allah Ta'ala will tolerate it on the earth. In other words, they will be given respite. With kufr, a government too will be given respite. But with zulm, even if the perpetrators are Muslims on a government level, that government won't continue. In a short while, it will all disappear. And the present world stage, the drama that is unfolding, we can see what's going on. That there are kufr governments 
that are enduring wherever but where there was zulm even in Muslim governments it's all perishing no sign being left so zulm is a very serious situation now we were talking about these lessons from Hazrat Mawla Ali Miyasa he was popularly known in this manner so he says that this lesson my mother taught me from a very tender age from my childhood she embedded this lesson in me and never tolerated any kind of zulm on anyone to the extent that in our context we might not understand it very very simply but in India and especially we are talking about many decades back the servant in the home is a very very lowly person normally that person is a servant has no social standing any status any position that person regards himself also as nothing so now in this kind of situation when a person says something to a servant does something that Pichara feels well I got no option in this matter I just got to take it as it comes after all I am nothing so people take advantage of this because they treat it as one of those things whereas it's a very severe thing now in this kind of situation and especially if it is a very noble family where somebody is working in a very noble family they feel even more overawed they feel even more subdued so as the saying that in this family that we were there was one servant that was working for us he says one day I hit the child of the servant now nobody will take any notice about that hit the child of the servant end of the story I hit the child of the servant as soon as my mother came to know about it my mother called for me and now he's a little child he's a young boy still mother called for me and called for that child as well now this is tarbiyat those who understand that they need to train that child up for what is meant to be the qualities that need to be in his life we nowadays pay a lot of attention towards the physical adornments towards the material adornments but the inner adornments this is the main adornment outer things will all perish forget perish in terms of that one day everybody is going to perish that, that is there but even the glitter and glamour of that too will perish from the eyes of somebody just to understand this with a very simple example if somebody got married and the person he got married to either way was the person who was number one in all beauty most outstanding beauty on that basis he got married all that he saw was as one person said that somebody he heard the sound of the hooter and he bought the car <laughs> but now when he sat down in the car there was a different story the hooter was terrific but now the car is the main thing it needs to move from point A to point B it needs to do the job the mere sound of it that's not going to help that's, not, that's fine you, one moment you heard it you enjoyed the sound but after that you're not going to keep listening to the sound you need to drive the car you need to get to your destination so like that the glitter and glamour of the outward beauty is not going to be things that are going to get everything done it has its place but that's not going to run life so in any case this person got married on the basis of that outer beauty only as soon as he got married 
Now the first day only, and suddenly she talks to him or he talks to her, whoever, whatever, in a very abrupt and a rude manner. Now he's going to, it's the first day of marriage still, so it's going to be a terrible shock to him that where I came now, what's happening? If something happens to you, you don't expect it to happen on the first day. And in this kind of abrupt manner. Then now it happened again the second time on the same day. The third day is gone worse. If this carries on, barely a few days, he won't bear to look at the person. Whereas that beauty is still there. That physical beauty hasn't gone anywhere. Old age hasn't come yet. There's no change in the physical attributes of the person. But he doesn't want to even look anymore at the person. What happened? So that physical adornments, the material adornments, that even while it's there too, will all perish and all vanish if the internal adornments are not there. And sometimes, maybe there isn't that level of physical beauty, but the inner adornments are there. That akhlaq is of such shining nature that it draws the heart. Now that physical, the lack of physical beauty or maybe the not being of that extent, having that physical beauty, that will all be insignificant then. That won't even become anywhere, won't even cross the mind that there's any deficiency here. Because the inner beauty will attract such a way that everything outward will be insignificant, it won't matter. So that is what's enduring, the inner adornments. Now, this tarbiyat is what is by means of which that inner adornment, that inner jewelry. When we get our daughter married, we want to give her the best jewelry. Beforehand, we have to prepare the inner jewelry. We have to put the gems inside. Our sons, we have to put the gems inside. And it is this jewelry of akhlaq that will bind hearts. Otherwise, all it might do is bind pockets. But the pockets... The pockets, there's nothing enduring in a pocket. So in any case, says that now this happened, I hit this child. So now, keeping in mind this context, we're talking about India decades ago, where a servant is regarded as such a lowly person, the child of the servant now. My mother called me, called that child also. And now she's saying to the child, that he hit you, now you hit him. And hit him now in front of me. Number one, the child of the servant also realizes I'm a servant's child. And I do one thing out of place here, maybe my mother will get in trouble too. So, though he's being told, he's being told by the very employer or the so-called master, but the child just didn't have the courage to do anything. So he says, my mother took that child's hand and hit me. And then told me, now you ask for forgiveness. This is regarded in that context like a Impossibility, a person asking for forgiveness from his servant, from the servant's child, is like an impossibility. And in that situation, see, my mother is insisting, you ask for forgiveness now. So she made me ask for forgiveness. He says that, now he's still a child, but this lesson got left. Don't ever commit zulm on anyone. Don't ever commit zulm on anyone. Now later in life, he is now studying this history in depth and is bringing out this lesson. That this is what the entire history is showing. That wherever there has been zulm, then that has caused great families to perish. And where there was adal and justice, then that endured. 
So this was the first lesson. That zulm, this will destroy. And this will destroy right across the board. Zulm is a very wide concept. Adal and justice is a very wide concept. In deen and the concepts and the sifat of iman that we discuss, of adal etc., is not the narrow concept that we generally speak about in worldly terms. It's a very broad concept. So inshallah we will discuss this in a little bit more detail. But just to complete these three lessons in short, the crux of it, so that we get the gist of the message that he gave. So this was the first thing. That he said, never ever become the oppressor, rather be the oppressed one. In being the oppressed one, we'll lose nothing really. We'll gain a lot. Yes, there'll be a little bit sour to make, but this will all pay back in time. So in any case, that was the first lesson. Then the second lesson he gave, he said, look, I've just studied this entire history. And I've seen this right across the board. The second thing, that refrain totally from haram wealth, stay away even from doubtful wealth. Now, all these as mentioned are lessons from the Quran and Sunnah. There's nothing apart from that. But he is bringing it in a context as well. That he has seen in the light of history of centuries, what has brought down the downfall of big families, families that had gained a prominence, families that had gained a certain position and status, and there were great personalities that had passed in them. But as the progeny came, and when they forgot the lessons of their pious predecessors, what became the end result? So he said, look, don't ever come near haram wealth, don't even come near doubtful wealth also. Now, sometimes it seems like this is something very difficult in this time and age, that doubtful wealth also. But those who make the effort, Allah Ta'ala makes it possible for them. Those who make the effort, sometimes there's some little bit sabr to make, there's some little bit patience to be observed in refraining from certain things. But then Allah Ta'ala opens the way. Just on this note, maybe not directly related, but on this note of how Allah Ta'ala opens the way out. But there's a little bit sabr. Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Sahib once mentioned one incident in India, one person, the one aspect about him was that besides being a pious person, alhamdulillah, but something special about him was that in that time, where in that area, everybody would be, the businesses would be open as normal on a Friday, on a Juma. Out of respect for Juma, he would close. I'm not opening on a Friday. Nothing sinful about it. In the time of Juma, he obviously must stop any trade from the time of the Azan. Azan goes, everything stops. But in any case, this was his extra respect for the day of Juma. So no trade, finish. Khair, things carried on. So outwardly, he is losing out. Everybody else is open, he's closed. Outwardly, he's losing out. Allah Ta'ala's system is different. Allah Ta'ala's system is not what our eyes can see. It's a hidden system. There's something that's working behind the scenes. In any case, one day this person ordered some consignment of whatever it was, it was some kind of office pun or whatever, from overseas. So that consignment came. When that consignment came, it turned out that that office pun, somehow they made a mistake, It was the head was missing. How do you use an office spoon without the head? So it was like 
a complete waste. And now it's come from overseas, a whole consignment. So it's lying around one side, waiting to sort something out. How does it get sorted out? It's already paid for. And now who's going to buy this kind of thing? It's a pin without the head. How do you use it? In any case, it remained lying there for a while. One day somebody came in. He said, I'm looking for something, but I don't know where I'm going to get this. So what you're looking for? It needs to be something like an office pin, but without the head. So he said, well, maybe I can give it to you, but it will cost something, because it's a rare thing. So he got more than his price. Because now it's rare now. So, and this person was prepared to pay for it because he can't get it anywhere. Now here he sold it, he got his price out of it. But is this just a coincidence? Is this just something happened by chance completely? Or is this the unseen nizam of Allah Ta'ala? That this person did something, outwardly he closed, out of respect for Jumu'ah. Allah Ta'ala provided in a very unique way. In a way where, number one, he ended up with something of this nature with a mistake. Then Allah Ta'ala sent somebody who needed this mistake. And who was prepared to pay the price of this mistake. And give him something more than what others would pay for it. Now this is not, in this world is nothing coincidental. Everything happens with this nizam and the system of Allah Ta'ala. But we have to first give, then we'll take. Our problem is that we want to first take and then say Allah Ta'ala must give. Allah Ta'ala must do our work first, then we'll do His. Whereas Allah Ta'ala is our creator, He has put us in this world to serve Him. Allah Ta'ala has put us to serve Him, Allah Ta'ala will serve us. But we need to do our job first. So this was the second lesson He gave and on this one incident of His own life He gave. Well, this wasn't the incident that he gave at that occasion, but on another occasion that he mentioned one incident, but this illustrates to what extent this consciousness was there. That there mustn't be any doubtful muscle also that goes into the stomach. He says, I was a little child, small little child, and one day the maid, while going somewhere on some errand, took me along. So as she was passing somewhere, she saw one there was some function carrying on somewhere and they were dishing out food, they were giving food. The function was, there was some person had passed away on the third day or whatever it was, they were giving something which was being offered in the name of some saint, whatever the case is, which is not correct. Now she was a very poor down and out woman for her, that was fine. So she sat down to eat there. She said, I was a little child and she used to normally feed me also. So I decided to also partake I also stretched my hand to take something. Now she's a maid. See, she immediately put my hand aside. She says, you don't eat from this, not for you. This mustn't go in your stomach. Now as a maid also, she was so conscious, this can only be the result of the extent of consciousness in the home. That every person was so conscious about this, that it even was the condition of the maid of the home also. That this child, nothing doubtful must go in his stomach. Yes, it might be okay for me, but not for him. So from that age already, he was being protected from even that doubtful muscle. Whereas he is now a little child still. He's not grown up or anything. But when that 
nourishment was of that nature, completely halal, not one iota of doubt in it, then that produced this kind of calibers, this kind of people also. And then they shone throughout the world. So this was the second lesson he gave. That don't ever come anywhere near haram and not even doubtful wealth. So the lesson he was giving is that in the light of the history, what I have noticed is that when the progenies came, the generations came later on in great families and they became lack, uh, slack in this. They didn't care much about halal and haram, about getting or staying away from doubtful wealth. As a result, in time, in short time, all that greatness, etc., all perished. There was no sign left of that. So this was the second lesson. The third lesson that he gave was, he said, no matter how somebody treats you from a family member, a family member, in no matter which way that person treats you, you always be good to him. Treat the family, any relative, well, no matter how indifferent he may be to you. And no matter how painful this may be, but you maintain your, you do your part of it deal. This is a general malady that we suffer from is that we learn the deen of others and we forget our deen. The deen of others and our deen, we all got the same deen meaning that part of the deen that pertains to others. That part of the deen that pertains to others that we learn. And the part of the deen that pertains to us that we forgot. The rich person he knows all the ahadis pertaining to the evil of begging. So he will be able to give a person any, at any moment, be able to give him a number of ahadis about how evil it is to beg. And the beggar knows all the ahadis about charity. That what a great thing it is to be charitable. How much sawab you'll get. Now the virtues of charity, the rich person is supposed to have learned. And the evil of begging the poor person supposed to have learned. But now each one learned the other ones, what pertain to the other one. And he knows that very well. One person came and he asked for something to one rich person. So that person didn't give him any attention. So in return, this beggar, he read the ayat of the Quran Sharif or he sort of extracted it from there. And he said that... Uh, where are those people he, some ayat which ayat is not coming to mind now but any case where it was the praise of those who are charitable that where are those who give yu'thiruna ala anfusihim malawkana bihim khasasa where are those people that they give preference to others even if they are suffering poverty so this person also had his ayat ready so in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about those poor people so now he asked where are these people gone to who give preference to others despite them suffering poverty so this person replied that they are gone with those people who don't keep begging from people both went away together so each one knew the ayat he knew the ayat that pertains to the other person that person knew the ayat that pertains to him so likewise, when it comes to relatives, when it comes to family life, when it comes to other things, each one knows what the other is supposed to do. That he must not be unjust that we know. 
but I must still maintain the ties I forgot. Yes, he must not be unjust, that's correct. But there's something pertaining to me also. That person must not cut off ties, that's correct. But there's something for me also that I must still join ties. So, Alimiya Sahib Rahmatullah says, and he's saying this to his family, especially gathered them, that look in the light of this history, I've seen this. That when this was abandoned, maintaining of family ties, despite whatever the situation is, when this was abandoned, it resulted in those families perishing. That greatness, that position, that status all disappeared. There was no sign of it left. So he's giving this and thereafter to illustrate it, one particular thing that was in his life, how he practiced upon this. It was commonly known, people would joke about it. They would joke about it, meaning in a light-hearted way, that if you want some mitai, you want some sweet meat, you want to eat some mitai, then what you should do is you should go and talk to him harshly. Go and talk to him harshly, say some harsh words to him, then you most likely will return with some having eaten some mitai. This was the reality. When many a times people came to him, and they spoke to him in a very abrupt way, very harsh way, then he would listen to it very calmly, and then he would get the person engaged in some conversation, and before that person left, without doubt, he would end up eating some mitai and leave. This was a general response. One person came one day, was a relative, and spoke to him in a very harsh manner. So, after this person finished saying what he wanted to say, or took a hundred rupees, we're talking about now, decades ago. hundred rupees in India was a lot of money that time. Took a hundred rupees and there was some cloth, which perhaps he might have bought for himself or whatever, put both together and gave it to him as hadiya immediately. Jazakallah. They lived it. It wasn't just giving some lesson, which was theory. This was part of their lives. Something that they lived with. And now in his latter life, when he is seeing that time has come now to probably move on, he gathers his family and gives them this nasihat specifically. That look, these are things which are in the Quran and Sunnah, which have been stressed in the Quran Sharif, emphasized by Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But here I am giving it to you in the light of history also. That if you want to flourish, you want to continue as a strong group, as a family, you want to maintain that greatness, you want to maintain those bounties that Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with, then you take these lessons. Never ever be the oppressor. Rather be the oppressed one. Totally refrain from all haram wealth, even doubtful wealth. And no matter how painful it may be, but you treat your relatives well, irrespective of whatever treatment they meet out to you. These three lessons he gave them. Now each one is a complete chapter on its own. And inshallah in the coming weeks, we'll try and discuss something. These are things that we need to obviously implement in our lives and we need to pass it on to others also. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alam. La ilaha 
ഹബീബിക്കൈറിൽ غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیا 
تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ 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 لا الہ الا محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلاله عمن والوہ اللہ 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 کیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے اللہ اللہ کیسا پیارا نام ہے عاشقوں کا مینہ اور جام ہے آہ راجز آسمہ حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود آہ راجز آسمہ حمدم نبود راز را غیر خدا محرم نبود الہی ای بندارا رسوا مکن گربدم من سر من پیدا مکن الہی ای بندارا رسوا مکن گربدم من سر من پیدا مکن ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی 
ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 لا الہ الا اللہ محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہ و لکا الشکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی فنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علا نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم وعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وألسنتنا من الكذب وأعيننا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور اللهم آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله بري قنده قنهقاره خطاکار ہے مجرم ہے الہ العالمین یا اللہ جو کچھ بھی ہے یا اللہ آپ ہی کے بندے ہیں یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ ہمارے تمام گناہوں کو معاف فرما تمام خطاؤں کو درگزر فرما الہ العالمین تمام سیعات کو حسنات سے مبدل فرما یا اللہ اپنا ہی بنا دیجئے یا اللہ تو ہمارا بن جائے یا اللہ ہمیں اپنا بنا دیجئے یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ فقیب آل و میجہ انمائنسنز یا اللہ یا اللہ you make us yours یا اللہ you become ours یا اللہ الہ العالمین we have you we have everything یا اللہ یا اللہ if we don't have you we've got nothing یا اللہ الہ العالمین you make us yours and become ours یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ you grant us the best of this world and the best of the hereafter یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ you grant us steadfastness on ایمان یا اللہ الہ العالمین keep us steadfast on ایمان یا اللہ take us with ایمان یا اللہ raise us on day of قیامت with ایمان یا اللہ الہ العالمین یا اللہ forgive the entire امہ of رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم throughout the world wherever the muslims are suffering یا اللہ remove all their hardships and suffering یا اللہ الہ العالمین all those who are sick give them شفاہ کاملہ عاجلہ مستمرہ دائمہ یا اللہ Those who are in financial difficulties, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are without jobs, give them, Ya Allah, halal, rizq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those who have any kind of problems and anxieties, Ya Allah, with afiyat, remove their difficulties and anxieties, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. 
enable us to practice on the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us the mu'amalat and the dealings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us the mu'ashirat and social life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alamin, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, put the life of the sunnah in our lives, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, give us the muhabbat of the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, you guide us, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all those who have passed away, ya Allah. Fill their qabars with nur, ya Allah. Raise their stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, at the time of our death also take us with iman kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Fill our qabars with nur also, ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, grant us jannatul for those without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all the pious aspirations of each person, ya Allah. Fulfill them, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those have raised their hands in front of you, ya Allah. You are the know of their needs, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, fulfill each one's needs, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, remove each one's difficulties, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. You grant us the best of the dunya and the best of the akhirat, ya Allah. Rabbana taqabbal minna innaka anta samiul alim wa tub alina ya maulana innaka anta tawabur rahim. Allahum inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al